Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber. I'm with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Bishop Strickland, I say it every week. Thank you for taking the time to teach us about Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Glad to do it, Terry. I know you are. I know that that's what you get up in the morning to do, like we do here at Virgin Most Powerful. You know, Bishop Strickland, you've got so many good tweets this week, but uh, there's a tweet that you're supporting a another bishop, Bishop uh, Paraki, accused Cardinal McElroy of heresy, saying he may have excommunicated himself. And it's not only this bishop, uh, Archbishop Samuel Aquila has criticized the cardinal, Archbishop uh, Newman of Kansas City, yourself, Bishop James Conley of Lincoln, Nebraska. It seems that more bishops are coming out and saying, wait a minute, we can't allow false teaching to be t- taught without criticizing it because, you know, I I have a conscience. I, I need to speak the truth in love and charity. So, I mean, the bishop has quoted canon law, canon 751 and 750. He seems like he's dotted all of his I's, crossed his T. But my, my question is, is canon law being implemented today? And I would say no, but... I want to. I know you you agree with this bishop on his comments, but um, what, you have any further thoughts on that? Well, um, I'm hearing everything you. you've said, Terry. We and I'm glad more bishops are speaking yeah. and doing our job. We all promised. Every single bishop made the same promises to guard the deposit of faith. And when anyone speaks in a way that isn't the deposit of faith, we need to call them on it. And if you know, the, the whole question about excommunication and all that, yeah. uh, that comes down to, you know, obstinate staying with this. I so, see. I mean, certainly the Lord is merciful. The church is merciful. Yeah. I read an article just recently. Mercy and justice are always in an interplay with each other. Yes. Not total mercy, not total justice. And, and only God has the perfect balance. Mm. But we are challenged as those beings made in the image and likeness of God. That's a lot of what being in the image and likeness of God is about, that we make judgments between what's merciful and what's just. And the injustice is ultimately perfect mercy. Perfect mercy is ultimately justice. It, they work together. And a, a term that we were talking about that we need to be very clear about Orthodox teaching is what the deposit of faith is. Yes. You could, by definition, what is the deposit of faith? It's everything that is orthodox to the Catholic faith, which means true to the Catholic faith. Heterodox, and you read that word in that article, these these are heterodox teaching. It means they're departing from the orthodox. They're not, they're the opposite of orthodox. They're not in uh, concert with what the church teaches. And heterodox teaching, that it's connected to the word heresy. Yeah, it, It's contrary to the truth. And there's too much of it out there. Cardinals, bishops, and I'm glad more bishops are speaking up and some of the cardinals are speaking up. But we owe it to ourselves, like you said. We're all just ultimately, when we're, I mean, we've talked about before, yeah. When you and I are judged, it's not going to be Terry, the the great radio (laughs) man. It's not going to be Joe, the bishop. It's going to just be sons of God, Terry and Joe. Amen. That's how we have to live our lives. Right. So we, 
I'm glad people are speaking up. The people of God need to hear their shepherd saying, no, this is not the truth. Because certainly, I mean, we know they're politicians and they're business people and they're crazy world dominating people that are saying all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. But for the bishops to say things that aren't true, that's devastating because where do the sheep go if the shepherds are not orthodox? Well said, and I think Our Lady of Akita back in 73, if you can look it up, folks, Our Lady appeared to a nun in, in uh, Japan, and it was foretold that this was going to happen, that you know bishops would be criticizing each, cardinals would have arguments about the teachings of the church. And I, I think this, that charity... Uh, it's actually it's actually charitable to correct a brother in Christ. And so even a bishop, I would even say Bishop Strickland, and I think you've already told me this, that if I heard you say something that wasn't consistent with the magisterial teachings of the church, do me a favor and don't wait until the, we're off the air. Say, Mr. this catechism verse says just the opposite. And I think you'd say, thanks, okay, um, I, I stand corrected. Am I onto something? Absolutely. That's one of the virtues yeah. is correcting the those who are teaching yeah. false things or those who are mistaken. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you tweeted that I was really touched by, because it, it brings me back to a story of Brother Andre Bassett, one of the great saints of our church who has a great love for St. Joseph. This is Cardinal Robert Seurat. And I wouldn't be surprised, Bishop Strickland, if someday he's canonized, because everything I read on this man— <laughs> I mean, it's just spot on to, uh, you know, to the church. It's what a, a blessing we have him in our church. This is what you quoted him saying, a man on his knees is more powerful than the world. It is an impregnable uh, bulwark against atheism and the madness of men. A man on his knees makes Satan's pride tremble. I've never heard someone say it that way. Uh, is that why, I mean, what, what, what made you want to tweet that? Well, I loved it too. And I actually, you know, that making Satan tremble is, is what we need to do. We yeah. need to just be so steeped in the truth that he can't touch us. And, it, and Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. We Amen. know that. Amen. So, um, and what Cardinal Sarah says all the time is, is strong and clear and he speaks up on a lot of things, and I'm glad he does. What I was thinking, you know, this today, Tell me. we need to realize mm -hmm. that by definition, cardinals, bishops, popes, anyone in the hierarchy of the church, right. any ordained priest or yeah. deacon, yeah. by definition, should be able to trust that they are teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because their ordination is meaningless if they're not teaching the truth of Jesus Christ. From the Pope to the most recently ordained deacon. I mean, holy orders is bishop, priest, and deacon. That's right. All in holy orders have been ordained in two sacraments in, or two levels of holy orders. Bishops and priests are anointed in the Holy Spirit. Deacons aren't anointed, but they are ordained to minister the truth of Christ. So we should, by definition, and it's like you said, Cardinal Sarah could be canonized. Yeah. We should, we need to pray for a church where people say that about every cardinal and every Act. bishop. 
that that man is so faithful to Christ because what's canonization mean? It's just a certification that they've done what we're called to do. They've become saints. We're all called to be saints. The universal call to holiness is for every human being to be baptized and to become a saint. And that's so it should be by definition. Yeah. A cardinal is a man always teaching Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so devastating when cardinals veer off into worldly thoughts that are contrary to Christ. And when that happens, the church is harmed. The church will recover from this, but not every individual will. And we need to pray for everyone, leaders of all kinds, to return to the truth. I mean, we've got a president who's just off the rails as far as Catholicism. Amen. I read, you know, we talk about it all the time, but we need to talk about it because there's nothing being done about it by the bishops or by anyone who stands for the Orthodox Catholic faith. We need to, for the man's own sake, like we've said before, but just recently he said, if, if Congress were to enact a law or propose a law that banned abortion period, he said, oh, I'll veto that. He's not being Catholic. He's not being human. And we need to call him back to the truth for his own sake and certainly for the sake of the nation, because I'm sure we both read more and more the the corruption that is in business, that is in education, that is in the government, and sadly, even in the churches, not just the Catholic Church, but many of the churches are wavering on the truth that they once taught. And they don't have the fullness of truth as the Catholic Church does, but a lot of churches have enough truth that they can really guide people. And they're wonderful people in the various churches that are as dedicated to Christ as they can be and living as fully as they can with what they have. They need to be commended. But we who have the fullness of truth in the Catholic Church, the church that Jesus Christ established, as we've talked about before, for those who have much more is expected. That's where we are. That's where we're both doing this, Terry. I know that. Both of us could do other things with another hour in our day. But we're here because we know it's our obligation, and it's a joy Amen. to teach the truth of Jesus Christ. You got that right. I want to mention to our folks when we come back from the break, we're going to have Bishop Strickland talk about a young man here with courage and conviction and clarity uh, that inspires me as an older guy, and I'm sure that it would inspire Bishop Strickland, because these are the guys that are going to be here when we're called home to pass on the torch. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Also, all of the shows are podcast on vmpr.org. You can listen to all of Bishop Strickland's shows and also all the other shows, the Terry and Jesse show, Jesus 911, and many others. Stay tuned. When we come back, we've got a young man who's going to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I'm always impressed with young men who know their faith, you know, articulate it, 
And as I get older and older, I start seeing these young men popping up and publishing like a, a movie on the Shroud of Turin. And the guy's in his 20s. And I go, wow, how did it happen? I just didn't see that over. But we're seeing more and more young people who know the faith, who embrace it, and are standing up for the faith. And there's a young man named Seth Dillon who did just that. And um, I, uh, again, was impressed. And Bishop Strickland was impressed enough to tweet about it. He said, this kid has more courage and conviction and clarity of thought than most adults today. Powerful stuff. I can't imagine how proud his parents are. Me too, man. When, I, when you see that in your, your kids standing up for the faith, it just makes you really happy. So how did, what, what exactly was what's so impressive about this young man, Bishop Strickland? Well, he was very articulate. Mm -hmm. He knew the truth. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to speak up. And I was just very impressed. He, he did a lot better than a lot of adults <laughs> as far as what he had to say, sticking with the truth, not attacking anyone, just being very clear. Got it. Now, you mentioned Bishop, you mentioned Cardinal Seurat earlier. I'm going to shift gears. We got another Cardinal Seurat one, but when he said the value of uh, the power of someone on his knees, you know, I think of Brother Andre Bassett. I had to remember that one. Because when he was a, a porter uh, at Saint, at the uh, shrine up in uh, up in Montreal, a Saint Joseph shrine there, he was just a doorkeeper, and all of his brothers in that order were teachers, the professors at Notre Dame, and they were erudite, you know, in their teaching. And during Lent, like this time of Lent, they read during dinner. And at that one time, he read a uh, they were reading from the lives of the saints. And when it was Bishop, when it was uh, Father, Father um, talked, to, it's time to talk, he gave a great reflection, Brother Andre gave a great reflection on the passion of Christ. And his priest there at the dinner table said, Brother Andre, where did you get those insights? What book did you read to get that? And he said, I didn't read a book. I found it on my knees in front of a crucifix. <laughs> you, you see that point, though, Bishop Strickland? It's consistent. Nothing new under the sun. This is where, this is why I say, encouraging people, I've been saying that when you go to, you make your visit to the Blessed Sacrament, look at that crucifix for a few minutes, in just a few minutes, and look at what love is. It's sacrificial love. It well, absolutely, be. Terry. Um, and I'm, I'm no St. Andre, but yeah. I could say the same thing. You know, my homilies, the speeches I give, the talks, yeah. I mean, even here. It comes from prayer. Amen. I mean, certainly reading scripture and, and reading a lot of things, but it really comes from spending time with the Lord, remembering that he's the font of all truth. And like we were talking about power, yeah. you know, he all power in heaven and on earth. He tells us that. Yes. He has all power in heaven and on, and on earth granted to him by his father and you know, the the games that get played with power. Yeah. And it can look, oh, this this person looks so powerful and they're fighting wars or they're doing this, spending money. Um, but they're corrupt. Yeah. And they don't have real power. The truth is our greatest power. Amen. Because it's connected to the Lord of truth, the yeah. truth incarnate. And when we start playing games with the truth, we can look powerful and we can think we're powerful. I mean, wealthy people that are so disconnected from Jesus Christ and they're 
pushing these uh, global agendas yeah. for depopulation and all this evil, it it really we just have to remind ourselves. I mean, obviously, I get fired up and I man, get upset glad you do. I get angry, but we need to always remember. I love the in the first Eucharistic prayer. It speaks of serenity yeah. and the asking the Lord to be His serene self and. The Lord is serene. You know, he, he's truth incarnate. He's love. He's, I mean, God, Father, Son, and Spirit, they are serenity because they are the heart of existence. And that's where our peace will, if we have peace, that's where it will come from. And thankfully, Terry, I can say as a bishop, I mean, there's a lot of turmoil and things come out of the Vatican that get people all upset. Mm -hmm. I... The more I pray and the more I cling to the truth, yes. the more peaceful I am. Well said. And that is a great blessing. Many people are looking for a peaceful life, a meaningful life, a life where they feel that everything's okay. And if they turn to Christ, it doesn't make all the evil go away, but it does give us a peace that allows us to stay with his truth. Well, That's what we all need. Amen to that. Now, Cardinal Seurat says this in a tweet. When God is abandoned, what he means by that, abandon his teachings. When people forget about God, man is also abandoned. There is no longer a clear vision of who man is. Wow. This is a great anthropological crisis in the West. And it leads people being treated like objects. Wow. He just nailed it, Bishop Strickland. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That wow, touches wow. on so many things that we've talked about. Yeah. Wonderful. Everything going on at the, the border. Yeah. Contraception even. Abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Contraception. All that. I mean, it all. It all I mean, the, the horrible things that get done in the name of science or in the name of, you know, leadership, supposedly. It We just have to continue to speak up and speak out. Well said, and, and this is what Cardinal Seurat is fundamentally saying to us right now. I noticed another tweet, a fundamental. In other words, what do we do at Lent? This is a great time to work on the fundamentals of our faith. And yeah. what Cardinal Seurat says, another tweet, the sacraments are the pillars of the Catholic Church, but their significance has been forgotten or obscured. Wow, is he criticizing us right now? I think he is. He's saying that we forgot... We've taken, this is my interpretation, correct me if I'm wrong, we're taking our eyes off of Jesus and we're looking to the world rather than the graces of the sacraments. Am I onto something? Absolutely. And if you look at the seven sacraments, yeah. Eucharist especially, mm -hmm. I mean, the Eucharist is him. Yeah. Body and blood, soul and divinity. Right. But all of the, I mean, you look at the ills in the world. Mm -hmm. We need forgiveness. We need peace and families and communities. Right. He offers forgiveness in the sacrament of confession. Yeah. And that that can be such a healing sacrament. And then the, there is the, the sacrament of healing, the anointing of the sick. Mm -hmm. And I've seen miraculous things happen. Wow. Sometimes it helps a person die peacefully. Yeah. Sometimes it helps them to recover. Um, but we have to believe the beauty of the sacraments. If you read the gospel, the sacraments came from what Christ did in his public ministry. Mm -hmm. He healed people. He forgave sins. 
He gave himself, literally, body and blood, soul and divinity. He brought people together. He ordained the apostles, more or less. Uh, all of that is Christ acting when he was here. He's still here, and he's still acting. And we need to look to the sacraments for the solutions to the things that are harming humanity, and not more money or more worldly power or more, oh, humanity will fix this. We need to look to God the Father who gave us his Son and to be strengthened by their Holy Spirit. Well said, and I love when you tweet scripture, James chapter 4, verse 7, 8, and 10. To me, you can't get anything higher. This is the Catholic Church scripture. He said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will take flight. Draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners, purify your hearts, you backsliders. Oh my, this is scripture. Be humbled in the sight of the Lord, and he will raise you up on high. What else yeah. is there? You know, Bishop That's Strickland, I want to tell you a story that just happened last night. Jesse is out in New Mexico doing some spiritual warfare talks about resisting the devil. And last night, with about 300 people in the church, uh, a woman started manifesting that she was screaming and she was getting, you know, her eyes were going weird and she was getting convulsing and she was speaking out loud, screaming. And um, the priest was at a sick call. So Jesse walked over there and said, who's her husband? And the, and the guy says, I'm a young guy. He goes, oh, I, I, you know, he says, I said, look, put your hands on your wife right now. You start praying for her. That's your job. Get over it. Do it. And the, and the man started praying for five minutes the prayers Jesse told him to pray in Latin over the wife. And then within five minutes of prayers, the woman came back 100%. And the people were like blown away. They said, man, what you've been telling us, Mr. Romero, we saw in action. So I say that, that just happened yesterday. And I say this, I think Jesse's going to bring it up at the Spiritual Warfare Conference next month when you're out in town. But you see, the it's all about authority. Yes, a priest has authority, but my, me as a husband for my wife, if that happened to my wife, something like that, that's my job to pray over her. I pray every day prayers for my entire family for protection. And this is what I think is important today, especially when the family's under attack. Am I onto something? Absolutely. Okay. And the power of prayer and the power of directly using yeah. the name of Jesus Amen. to ward off evil. Yeah. I mean, he tells us to do that. Yeah. You know, Bishop Sheen said many years ago, it's the laity that's going to save the church back in the early 70s. And what's interesting it's only a days after Pope Paul VI said in 1972, in August, that the smoke of Satan has entered the church and we're being attacked. And I think you tweeted this uh, tweet about four faithful women who were denouncing the Senegal path in Germany. What did they do? Well, they said, no, we can't do this. And so you said, may their example inspire others to reject the Senegal attempts to mutilate the bride of Christ. That's strong language, but I think it's accurate because you said Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But these four women said, I can't have any part of this. I'm walking away. <clears throat> um, I think, you know, the, uh, the three of the delegates were professors and two are Ratzinger's prize winners. What is that all about, uh, Bishop Strickland? Well, I don't know those 
prizes. Yeah, or yeah I don't either. Like but when these women stood up and said, "I'm I'm not going to be part of this," and the irony is, so much of the Senate is pushing, "Oh, women need to take this role yeah. or that role." Yeah. These are women saying, "No, this is going away from Christ." Yeah. I think they're a great witness because sometimes yeah. we men get attacked by other women saying, well, you know, you're a man, so you don't have a right to, you know, talk about women and, and the rights of women. But I'm glad these women were faithful enough to say, I don't want any part of this. Yep. Well said. I, I'm just, uh, I always get inspired when people stand up for politically incorrect ways of saying, you know, I could just shut my mouth and be, you know, just move on. No, they stood up and I respect that and those girls. So God love them. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> sackcloth and ashes. What's that all about here? It's during Lent. Bishop Strickland did a tweet on that. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Bishop Strickland Hour. I'd like to say one more thing, and that is you cannot have love at the expense of truth. And that's what these women stood up for. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Wow, welcome back to the ter to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Boy, am I mixed up. Bishop Strickland, I love when we make articulations that are so clear about what's going on in the world and in the church so people can say, hey, the light bulb turns on. And I think of this, that we're living in some time right now where people don't want to take Good Friday to get to Easter Sunday. They want to bypass Good Friday and say, no, 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 well, we don't want to suffer. We don't want to have to offer sacrifice. I mean, Jesus did it all. It's kind of a Protestant approach, but it's seeped into a to the Catholic Church. And I like what you said in this tweet. You said, for the church herself is in need of sackcloth and ashes as she has turned away from the one who gave her life. Indeed, the one who brought her into being. She comes now seeking a, a robe, a ring, the fatted calf, even though she dwells still among the swine. Strong words. Listen to this. Are, are you referring to liberalism inside the church? I'm just asking. Well, yeah. Anything that is contrary to the yeah. truth. Yeah. Because that is, again, devastating the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. Right. Christ died for it. Yeah. And we need to repent and me and all of us. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, you know, I saw some people say, well, I'm, you know, you don't blame me for this. I do. But we're all to blame. Yeah, amen. I mean, I'm a sinner, and certainly the best we can do is acknowledge it. And the, the ancient image of sackcloth and ashes many times referred to in the Old Testament. And I was reading that it's, it's important to remember, it's not... The sackcloth and ashes don't have power. No. It's the sign of humility that it is. Right. And I think we need to, that's the main thing, is to be humble before God and to acknowledge that, like we've said before, it's only God's mercy that we're still breathing. Amen. I mean, he could get so fed up with us that just say, we don't exist anymore. Exactly. We exist because we're exp expressions of God's love. Amen. We need to remember that. Oh, yeah. And the Lent is the perfect time. I mean, thankfully, we still, I 
uh, saw something. I don't. Maybe we were talking about it, but somebody said at one point there was discussion of eliminating the ashes for Ash Wednesday, and I'm right. so glad they didn't. Yeah. Because we need to remember those things. Amen. Too many things were eliminated. To make it easier, to make it more human. It became <laughs> too human and too easy. Exactly. I mean, like today, as, as we're recording, yeah. it's March 1st. Yeah. March 1st, March 3rd, and March 4th this year. The, the Wednesday, the Friday, yeah. and the Saturday after Ash Wednesday yes. are what are called Ember Days. There you go. People need to remember the Ember Day. What are they? Yeah, tell They're us. just special days of penance. Yeah. He's like, we're already in Lent. Well, it's a little extra penance. And what the Ember Days are is a recognition. I, I, it's beautiful. And it's so sad that we lost so many things. Because Ember Days are connected to the change of the seasons. Mm. Each winter, spring, summer, fall, there, there are Ember Days as the seasons are changing. Around here, the season's changing. Yeah. It's already, you're seeing trees bud and flowers blooming. And it's a time to remember, where does all this come from? What is creation about? It comes from God. And we need to do penance and recognize, remind ourselves that everything we have comes from God. Amen. And we need to be grateful. And when we're not, we need to repent of that ingratitude. And there's too much arrogance and ingratitude in the world. So we definitely need to adopt the sackcloth and ashes to, to really demonstrate in every way that we can through the corporal works of mercy, feed the hungry, house the, the homeless, visit those in prison. Even if they're they're justly in prison, they're still children of God and they can be redeemed both in from prison and spiritually. So they're not throwaway human beings just because maybe they've committed terrible crimes. And certainly sometimes they don't convert, but the opportunity's always there. And for us as Christians, we always have to embrace that opportunity that the most atrocious person that has done despicable things mm -hmm. can be redeemed amen to always remember that well said bishop strickland i like a quote you said in a tweet the last one then after this we're going to be getting for the next segment on the catechism the way of christ catechism published by the saint um what is it? Uh, I'm sorry. St. Philip. Philip. I never remember. St. Philip Institute. We'll get to that. But something crossed my mind. You take your, I want to use the word, your vocation, not your job. It's a vocation that God called you to be a bishop. And you said this in a tweet, and I thought this was spot on. You said, I'm a weak and sinful man, but as a bishop, I am responsible to guard the deposit of faith. You're going to be judged on how well you did, how well you guarded the deposit of faith. That's what I've been read. That's what I read. Bishops are to teach, govern, and sanctify. Now, the more you said I repent and seek holiness, the more God's graces can guide me in my responsibilities. This is true for all of us as we seek to live out our call from God. And here's the gospel message: repent and seek virtue this Lent. Great advice to me as a layman calling me to repent 
and also calling me to be faithful to my vocation as a husband. I read that for you, but it also applies to me, how well I love my wife, how well I serve my family. That's how I'm going to be judged. Now, you as a, as a bishop, hey, the deposit of faith. I mean, it seems to me that's a great responsibility for a bishop. You take that very seriously, don't you? Absolutely. Being a successor of the apostles has never been easy, but it's very challenging these days because too many aren't, aren't, oper aren't living out those promises. And even if they're not saying something heterodox or heretical, yeah. they're not saying anything. They're not speaking up, Silence, and yeah. we, we have an obligation. Guarding means doing something. Yeah. It doesn't mean just like you were saying, and it, it's a temptation for all of us. Yeah. How many dads do you know that, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to ruffle feathers. Don't want to speak up. How many men, how many women, you know, we're all tempted to just keep quiet and just do our own thing. Yeah. But as a bishop, I feel obligated to speak for Christ. Amen. He doesn't need me to defend him, no. but I need, it's my obligation to speak up for his truth. Well said. And not only the Catholics in your Diocese of Tyler, but I've heard you say that you're the shepherd for all souls in the Tyler Diocese, Catholic and non-Catholic. Absolutely. So, yeah, so if that is true, then your judgment will be based on how well you father, a spiritual father, the children of the church. And so, Bishop Strickland, I mentioned this because there are folks in your diocese who, you know, have, like you have the Eastern Rite Catholics, I get all that, but you have um, Catholics who want to worship in the ordinary form, extraordinary form. You have Catholics who just want to be fed with the Holy Eucharist. It seems to me that as the shepherd, you're right there on the spot and you see the needs of the, of the flock. And so I just want to say thank you openly because you put that as your priority and you don't say, well, you know what, I better put my finger up and see what the winds is blowing and say what, whatever's politically correct. I respect you as a layman that says, you know what, I take my shepherdness, my being a shepherd in the, in the diocese seriously. And if I have to say something that's not politically correct, well, so be it because I'd rather uh, stand at my judgment seat as a faithful spiritual father in my diocese than a politically correct, you know, bishop. Is that, am I onto something? Is that pretty much what you like to say? Absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, Terry, I'm a simple guy. You are. I don't claim to be, you know, some great theologian or great anything. I'm, I, I, hopefully if anything, I'm a great believer and a great lover of Jesus Christ and his church. Yes. But that's that's the limit of my greatness, and I strive to make that greater. But I am a spiritual father. Yeah. And just like we were talking before, as a father, how many children do you have? Uh, well, I've had six children. Yep. Six children. That's right. If somebody comes up and says, number six, don't feed them. What? They want the wrong kind of food. I, you know, a father's not going to say, oh, okay. I won't feed them. Or, or you have to ask permission to no, no. feed your six kid. No, no. no, a father's not going to do that. And we're supposed to be models for fathers. We're supposed to be shepherds to the flock. Exactly. So, you know, there are limits to what we can be told to do because we've got an obligation 
to the people that we've been given to care for yeah. as long as we're there to care for them. You as a father, yep. me as a spiritual father. And we've got to, and the, like you said, the greatest charity is the truth. Amen. The greatest mercy is the truth. Yep. We've got to share the truth. And if we're told you've got to do something that's contrary to the truth, you just say, forget about it. I'm not going to do that. Yep. I'm going to do my best to share the truth out of love for my flock, my family. Well said, I always say, let the chips fall where they may be. But you know what? You've got to stand up for the truth. And uh, thank you for doing that. When we come back, folks, I want to have you uh, come open up your catechism, the Way of Christ book. You can get that from the Diocese of Tyler. Uh, and it's pretty easy to get. The St. Philip Institute has put this book, uh, this little catechism together. I'm excited, Bishop Strickland, because now we're getting into chapter 5, which is Jesus Christ, God became man. And again, what a great time to study this during Lent when we can get into the fundamentals of our faith, which is, you know, why does the name reference to Jesus mean? What, is, what does Jesus' name mean? Wait till you hear it, folks. If you haven't heard this, this is really telling about the mission of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. I want to also say, when I'm with Bishop Strickland, I say it the same thing on the Terry and Jesse show. I'm too blessed to be stressed, man. I'm too anointed to be disappointed because my hope is in Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, because I know the perennial teachings of the church are what I'm looking at. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. You know, Bishop Strickland, before we get into this catechism, I just get moved what people send me. Uh, this is a police warn Canadian pastors to prepare to be arrested for protesting drag queen story time. You see what I'm saying about compromising? Here, the police are telling the pastors. And again, you already have your answer. If they come in to say, Bishop Strickland, you know, we really don't like the way you're standing up for life if you're going to continue to do this, you know, you're going to be arrested. And, you know, the answer is, okay, so be it. I mean, this isn't the first time, right, that Christians have been persecuted for standing up? Absolutely. It can happen right here in America. All right. All right, I'm excited. Jesus Christ, Chapter 5, God became man. The second person of the Trinity becomes man, and Jesus Christ, Jesus, is both fully God and fully man. This is something that, this is a fundamental teaching, but I'm not quite sure everybody realizes that. When, you, when I've asked people that question, they look at me like, uh, I'm not quite sure. How much of man? Is it 60-40? Is it 50-50? You know, I've heard, I've done that just as a question. So he came to save us to reveal the depth of the Father's love for us and to show us how to be holy. He enables us to partake in God's own nature of well, that right there and it's god's own nature this is really uh really good stuff here's the first question what do the names referring to jesus mean jesus means here it comes folks did you know means god saves it expresses jesus mission to save the people from their sins next one christ means the anointed one from the greek word the hebrew messiah Here's a couple other definitions. And Bishop Strickland, jump in because 
The Son of God refers to Jesus' unique relationship with God. In the Old Testament, the chosen vessel of God was sometimes called the Son of God. Isn't this fundamental teachings that we should all know? Very basic. Yeah, um, Son of Man, yeah. I think what we have to realize is that this was hard-won teaching, really. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like... I mean, certainly Jesus revealed all of this. Yes. But the church had to really grapple with... I mean, the Arian heresy was yeah. basically denying fully God and fully man. Right. And St. Athanasius back in the 4th century with the Arian heresy... Yes. ...had to battle that. He was about the only one. <laughs> it was very popular to say... Oh, well, this isn't really, Jesus wasn't really God, and it, it's just sort of a, a nice story, and, and so many people were going along with it. Yeah. But fully God and fully man is the great mystery. Yeah. And like us and all things but sin. I think that, like you were saying, Terry, especially in modern times, I don't, I think that if people really... Mm-hmm. Think about Jesus, fully God and fully man. Mm-hmm. I think they don't. No, I, I agree. And they, they don't think of Jesus as a real human being. He's some sort of a, a spiritual entity that yep. walked around. And that loses, as some of the great fathers of the church have said, if Jesus isn't fully human, <laughs> then his sacrifice loses its meaning. Yes. If he's God just acting like he's suffering— that's not what saved us. Mm-hmm. And that's the great mystery of Jesus Christ fully offering himself to God the Father and God the Father accepting that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Unlike Abraham and Isaac, like we've talked about before in yeah. that the part about salvation history, yeah. God's the angel stayed the hand of Abraham to kill Isaac, but God didn't stay his own hand in order to save his own son, because of the great mystery of Jesus is the only savior we could have. And he died so that we would be saved. So anything that pulls back from that, like you were talking about, the tendency to shy away from the cross, yeah, that's a very human tendency. Of course. Many Christians kind of downplay the cross. I mean, as Catholics, I'm sure we both heard why do you have that crucifix with Jesus? <laughs> You're nailing him to the cross yeah. all over again. Yeah. We know that that's not what the crucifix means, but it's emphasizing he really died. He really poured out himself. His last drop of blood and water flowed from his heart after he died. Yep. I mean, to me, that's a beautiful, that the humility of Christ, the love of Christ is something that we can continually reflect on and pray about. And we'll never get to the depth of what that really means. He's so humble. Um, he's the, the son of God incarnate, like we've talked about before. His conception in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, a, an act of total humility. Here he is, Lord of the universe, and he becomes this tiny, newly conceived child wow. in the womb of a human being, yeah. of a woman. Incredible. Mary was sinless, so she's the most as fitting a vessel as a human being could be. Yeah. But here he is, it's the humility of Christ that allows him to do that. And and he shows us that that profound humility 
is profound love also. He's the incarnation of all of it. I wish every Catholic knew what you just said. I mean that because this is how they're introduced to the person of Christ. And I want to throw something out that I will give away The Life of Christ by Archbishop Sheen. It's a 348-page book I put on audio. And I'm gonna, you can get it for downloaded for free. I just want to give it away because what Sheen does, Bishop Strickland, is he takes the gospel and, and explains it in a way that you get to know the person of Jesus Christ. And this is something every Catholic needs to know Jesus personally. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Here's Lord. He identifies Jesus as the God of the Old Testament. Out of respect, the Jews refrain from using God's name, Yahweh, revealed to Moses at Mount Sinai, instead calling him Adonai, meaning Lord. Um, here's my question. Do I always think of this when I do catechesis, is the respect we have to have for the Lord. And I think of the Jews gave us a really a great example of respect for God. I sometimes think that, like you said earlier in the, in the conversation, that we might think of God as just some old man. That's my idea, old man up in the sky, but not a personal you know, God for us. Um, how, do we, how do we change that in the church? In other words, how do we give people that personal relationship that they need with Jesus Christ? Well, you're right, Terry, and I think the the Jew, Jewish heritage that is part of us. Yeah. They're our ancestors, but we need to remember that kind of reverence for the name of God. They wouldn't even speak the name of God. Right. We know God as Father in, a, in an intimacy that they didn't know, but they had great respect. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, we've all heard um, familiarity breeds contempt. Right. And that's, you know, certainly contempt is strong, but we need to be aware of the wonder of God yep. and his awesome, mighty power. Amen. And then be that much more humbled and grateful that his son came to us and said, call God Father. Just this week in the first week of Lent, mm -hmm. we had the gospel where Jesus teaches the disciples, the perfect prayer, the Our Father. And so we need to have that awe of God. We need to have a recognition of the wonder and the power of God. At the same time, knowing Christ as our Lord and Savior, knowing him as a real man, and grappling with how can he be fully God and fully man? What does that mean? And and I think one of the things that I encourage, Terry, is we're so blessed with the Catholic Mass in whatever form, whatever right. rite is right. being celebrated. If it's a valid Catholic Mass, bread and wine become Amen. the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. Amen. And what leads up to that, again, and whatever form of the Mass, the Word of God is proclaimed. And what's beautiful is it's the same Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the Word. The Catechism, as we've gone over it before, it says that all of Scripture speaks of Christ right. because He is the Word of God. He is Word incarnate. So really, in the, the modern language of the liturgy, we speak of liturgy of the Word and liturgy of the Eucharist. Yes. 
we spiritually need to remember it's all the liturgy of Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus Christ Amen. offering himself to the Father on our behalf. And we need to continually refocus on that. If we really believe that, there will we will be reverently listening to the word of God. We will reverently stand for the proclamation of the gospel Amen. of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And then we will reverently pray, kneeling as bread and wine becomes his body and blood, soul and divinity in the consecration at Mass. We need to be in awe of all of that. Not, not just focusing, certainly, I love the focus on the words of consecration, that moment mm -hmm. when the priest says, this is my body, this is my blood. But to recognize that all that leads up to it and all that happens after it in the Mass is celebrating Jesus Christ. We need to approach it all with tremendous reverence. Well said. How about a blessing for our listeners, Bishop Strickland, please? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you and guide you always, strengthening you do, during this time of Lent to turn from sin and to be embraced by God's grace more and more fully, repenting of sin and living the gospel and sharing the joy and the serenity that flows from knowing life in our Creator, God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And I ask this blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop Strickland. I just want to remind our listeners, Bishop Strickland will be in Southern California uh, for the Spiritual Warfare Conference, the 25th, that weekend, here at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Pomona, it's sold out, but you can still listen to the talks by getting the stream. You can call 877-526-2151 and register for that. Also, I just want to mention all of, for brand new people, all the shows for Bishop Strickland are podcast on Virgin Most Powerful Radio's website. You can download those at your convenience. I uh, just got a nice letter from an attorney in Tucson, Arizona, Opus Day priest, uh, Opus Day guy. On retreat, and he says, "Is this your brother? Is your brother Terry Barber who does the interview with Bishop Strickland?" Yeah. So people all over the country are listening because they're looking for sound catechesis. They're sound looking for inspiration, and that's what we provide here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I thank God that we can continue to spread the faith of the Church, and we call it the perennial teachings of the Church, the positive faith. It's the same thing. It's what Jesus Christ has taught from the beginning, and we promise you, our listener, we will not deviate from that. May God richly bless your family, and thanks for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you and your family. We'll see you next week. Same time, same station.